Hey, everybody. And grab your Bible and a pencil and a piece of paper, your journal, or maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. James 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture, but we have actually been not sitting down together the last couple weeks because my mom has been very sick and we do talk a little bit about what has been going on at the beginning of this episode, but we are so sorry and we have missed being with you guys. So we are really excited to be back and we have missed you guys. We are talking about one of the questions, some of the questions that you guys have, that you guys have submitted to us in this one, we really are talking about how to prove if the Bible is real. And it is, there's a lot of information in this episode. I'll just go ahead and warn you to so get your pencils out because there's a lot that she tells you to write down. But I will say a couple things. One, we are actually recording in the Cayman Islands, which is why it might sound a little different, but we get to do this one face-to-face, which was actually a lot of fun. And then second thing I want to say is that we always want you guys to be a part of our conversation. So please feel free throughout the year, if there's ever a time where you guys have a question or want us to clarify something, please email us at hello at com, and we would love to hear from you. So no further ado, here we go. It's been a couple weeks and we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara. Hi, happy new year. Yes, oh, 2023 for the love. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, right. December uh, yes, was yes, a rough yes. one. Uh, it was. And you know, for the whole month of no, uh, December, really December and a little bit of November, I was so sick, as you know. Yeah, I know. That's why, if anyone has noticed, we have not released an episode in the last couple of weeks because you oh, yep. were, if I, had, I don't want to say you're on your deathbed, but you were well, not I was, well. There were times I was like, Jesus, I'd like to see you and thought I was going to. Um, I'd like to see him in the midst of that. And I thought I was going to see him face to face, but I'm glad you didn't. I'm very happy that we didn't record because I am a terrible patient. And I would have had to do the next recording apologizing for the way that I acted. It's probably true. Yeah, I'll, so. I'll testify to that. But you, we love you regardless, but yeah. you weren't in the best of moods. No. <laughs> I was not a happy but, camper. Uh, we did. I will um, kind of set up this episode because we have gone through the whole Bible yes, and we, we finished and we were starting back. We started back in Genesis for That's our right. own personal reading. But um, we are answering the questions that we asked the uh, listeners Mm -hmm. to submit. So we have decided, well, I shouldn't say we, you have decided that we will do this in two episodes and really kind of clump the questions together in two themes of sorts. Mm -hmm. So I do, I was actually thinking about this question we're going to dive into today and I have no idea how how I would answer it. (laughs) I'm curious to, yeah, exactly. But the question is, how do we prove the Bible is real? Which I think is a really, I think it's interesting that it was worded as, 
how the how to prove the Bible is real versus true, mm-hmm. or which I guess it's kind of the same thing, but yeah. I don't know that. Well, ironically, just because uh, we just went through the Bible and we talk often about how important we believe and how much we enjoy reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there are some that we could do without, but it's not our place to do without, to take it out. But uh, we, we suffer through and we get through some of the things that are more difficult. There's There are a lot of difficulties in the Bible. There's a lot of things that we don't understand, you know, uh, but... To prove something, that's the question. It says how to prove the Bible is um, real. And I'm not here to prove it. I don't think we can prove it. But I can give a lot of evidence and a lot of things is for you. As you know, I say to you, write this down. And I'm going to give you a lot of verses. So I want you really and truly to write this down. So the person that is ask the question, how to prove the Bible is real. And maybe as you've entered into our conversation, you're like, well, I really would like to kind of know how to know that if the Bible's real. I want you to go back, and I want you to look up the verses that I'm going to uh, give you as I start Are you going to read the verses or just tell us? I'm not going to read them because of, you know. Time. I mean, for the love, let's think about the question, how to prove the Bible is real. And I've got 30 minutes to do that. So, and, and to be honest, Kara, I think... You know, the verses that I used in James where it says, if you ask God for wisdom, He'll give it to you generously. He's He's not wanting us to not know the truth. He's not, I mean, He's wanting us to know the truth, and He's not trying to hide right. anything. And there are some things He knows we can't ever know because we're not God. And there are some things that He wants us to trust Him in and not to always know, have to know the answer. But Right, there's, probably, there's an element of faith that has to go with Absolutely. The Bible and anything with the Lord because of that. And the so that's why I'm not here to prove it. You know, um, I can't, you can't prove anything. If we were to look up uh, the uh, Declaration of Independence or read the Constitution and we know what they, you know, these people signed it, I wasn't there. How can you prove to me that, you know, George Washington, like these people say, how can you prove anything that has been written is real? And true. So, and even in today's time, no, you can't. I mean, there are some things you read, but because of the author and certain people that you, you know, respect, you're going to read and you're going to trust that the who you're what you're reading is true, or they're telling you the truth based on the amount of knowledge that they have. Mm -hmm. So, so back to the question. I'm not trying to prove that the Bible is real. I believe that the Bible is real. And here are the reasons why over the years, and I've studied and I've taken a lot of classes and things, and I cannot do this in the 20 or 30 minutes that you're going to be telling me that I need to shut up and keep moving on. I would never tell you to shut up. Well, that's wise, and especially <laughs> when I was sick. That would have been extremely wise. But I am going to say a couple of things, and I really, if I ask Kara, because I never know what Kara's going to say, and she never knows what I'm going to say. But if I'm not clear, I really want her to stop me and say, well, what do you mean by that? So give us some time here. Because there's a lot of information that I want you to know and to think about and to pray about it and ask God if what I'm saying is true. And I believe that God will um, show you this. So first thing I want to do is I want to say that, you know, the Bible 
has the theme in it. It's, it's, we know that it's the inspiration. And what we say when it's the inspiration of God, that's inspired Word of God, it remains it's a, a, God's Word has been revealed and that the Holy Spirit carried the Word. Okay. The man, wait a minute, the man dictated it. Man recorded it. There were authors, and I'll talk about the authors in a minute. But the Scripture says in Second Peter Write this down, 2 Peter 1, verses 20 to 21, that it is the inspired Word of God and that men, by the Holy Spirit, wrote, recorded God's Word and God, and this is what we have the Bible. Now, in this in this moment of time, we're together in this conversation, I'm going to talk about the authors. I'm going to talk about why... Why, why are the Bible, these books in the Bible? What's in the canon and all of these things? So a lot of information, but I think it's very important for the person that wants to say, well, how can I trust the Bible? How do I know that it's real? If you're banking everything that you believed on and, you're, and, and it's God's story and you're looking to God you know, in your life and you want to know if God is really who he says he is, the only way you're going to know that is through the Bible because that's God's story. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe that that's real, and if you don't believe that's true, mm-hmm. then you're not going to believe anything about God. You're not going to believe that God's real. You're not going to trust God. Does that make sense? I think so. So, well, <laughs> let me just move on, and then maybe you can see. So I want you to know that it we believe it's an inspired Word of God. What that means is that the Holy Spirit inspired these authors, and there are 40 of them. They were writing God's Word, things that God was putting in their mind, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's really no different than if we feel like, oh, I have an idea to write a book about. I mean, you wrote a book about mm-hmm. the race marked out for you. It was kind of like that. It wasn't like, but obviously it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it was like the Lord, like what just came to their mind, they wrote because they knew that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes, well, there were prophets, and they were and writing the same. down. Yeah, that, yeah like, what it, God like you told writing them. your book is. But I'm saying in terms of like how it played, like they, it came to their mind. They felt like the Lord was leading them mm-hmm. in their spirit to write these words. And yeah. then they now, when it. you get into the New Testament, it's a whole different thing. It's not. It's the same, but these well, men only, were writing about their experience and and about the Messiah. Right, it was like they letters. were writing to the churches and stuff. Right. Where in the Old Testament, these are books that are written by prophets and stuff about God. One of the things that you want to see is that we always will talk about this. Don't just pull something out of uh, the middle of it and claim it. you got to know if this is really God's promise to you. A lot of people get disappointed. Right. They don't believe that the Bible is true because they, you know, people say, if God said it, you got to believe it. And, you know, all these promises of God. Well, some things that are promises of God, that we consider promises of God, are not promised to us. Right. So I always look at it this way. If I were to go into a movie, and I sit in there halfway into the movie, or I go to the movie's almost over, Mm -hmm. I could get a view or an ideal of what that movie's about. But if I haven't seen the entire movie, then I wouldn't know. I may come with a false idea right. of what the movie's about. And we've talked about that. That's why we love going from Genesis right. to Revelation. And you get the whole picture, the whole story. Right. So one of the things that you want to know when you're thinking about the Bible is that it all flows. It all has the same thing. Almost every book in the Bible, every principle in the Bible has talks about creation. That's the beginning of Genesis, the fall, Genesis 3, redemption, 
and it has also the final consummation of the new heavens and new earth, which we just found out, you know, in Revelation. So when you go from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to see it, and that's what you love about uh, Revelation. Right. Is that you get at the very end, and it kind of connects Genesis. So it's like there's a common thread. There's principles in a teaching from Genesis to Revelation. So, but that just really all that says, though, is it's just a really good story. So yeah, how, it is a good story. It's God's story. Right. But how do we know that it's real? Well, because I'm about to finish all of this, but what I was going to say is that driven by the Holy Spirit, it's been, it was written over 1,600 years. So when you're sitting there reading and writing just a story, when I, it didn't take me 1,600 years. I mean, I'm old, and it did take me a long time to read to write that book. But I'm just saying, when you see that these authors lived across a span of 1,600 years in different locations and spoke different languages, and they placed the story in the right, perfect place. So it starts with Genesis when God is God's story. So God says, you know, I made the heavens and the earth, and it was all good. And then you see the fall. And now you're beginning to see this theme. And mm-hmm. then from the fall, we know that God says that he's going to send the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He's going So there's redemption there. Right. And then God, all of this whole story of God, you've said this a thousand times, Kara, the Bible is about God rescuing, coming to us right. and, you know, drawing us to himself. And so all of that then ends with that. It's like the like Revelation is like a big bow on it. It starts, you know, right. that. So that's one of the things that that you can that people that when they're and I'll get into this a little bit later when they decided which books go in the Bible, mm-hmm. that's what they're looking at. Is is it that's one of the things? Does it all kind of flow? Does it all go? Now, when you think about things in the Bible that came true. And it might have been prophesied by the prophets years and years ago, and then it came true. Those are some of the things that people look at that mm-hmm. we can say, well, look at that. That's one of that's some evidence to say that the, the Bible is real. Mm-hmm. It is a collection of um, 66 books with 40 uh, authors. You think about this. The 40 authors, they were peasants. They were prophets. They were fishermen. They were a poet, they were a plowman, they were a king, and statesman. When you think about all the different personalities, and then they lived over a period of this, the, the 66 books, they lived over a period of 1,600 years in different locations and spoke different languages, but yet they placed the story right in the place it should be. It just, it just flows, and it Which just Which I goes. think that does point to... Like, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I've heard it been asked before of, like, someone who um, is struggling to be a believer of asking, it's like you're giving me Harry Potter and saying, believe that this is true. Mm-hmm. And, and and it really stuck with me because I'm like, well, that's a really good point. You know, for someone who didn't grow up in the church or doesn't know anything, you know, like, and just you're handing them this Bible of the story and being like, believe that this is real life and this is true, that this man, you know, Jesus came and, you know, the whole story. Mm-hmm. And, like, what difference does it make that Harry Potter, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're trying to prove whether or not how, you, you know that Harry Potter is not there, but it's one person telling the story. Well, that's what I was story. thinking yeah. is like, that is such a, that, that is a good point in the sense of one author telling the story versus multiple authors. I do think that does bring a little validity to it. And I do think also it just shows, like, one thing that I know 
as a family. Mm-hmm. And you and I have just prayed and talked through of, you know, different situations going on of like the Lord will, because our hearts, we, we generally want what the Lord wants. And so if we're in the same accord about something, mm-hmm. you know, that like, that's something like, okay, like I do think that this would be the right thing or, you know, and that's, I think a part of being in community with other believers where it's like, as long as your heart's pure, like when it is of the Lord, there is a unity in that. There is, there's not chaos. 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 And, there's not dissension. Right. There's not. That's so right. I do think that. Because God hates that. I, mean, I do think, think that about. that brings. So I do think that's a great point to do the Bible of like all all these authors over thousands of years, mm-hmm. all having the same D- lived in different places, same threads, same truth, yes. same thing, same principles, revealed Word of God. The Holy Spirit carried them, and um, they were recorded, the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you think about redemption and the fall, all of those things, creation, all of those things are the same doctrines. Every one of those books have something in there that will either talk about creation, they'll talk about fall, the fall, they'll talk about redemption, and they'll talk about a new heaven, a new earth, a better life, or whatever. These authors, I, I mean, you think about this, and we've just gotten through this COVID and stuff, and things are coming out, and this doctor said this, and this doctor said that. They were, you know, these doctors you think about were, they would uh, be in different countries, and they would have their own view of COVID, where it came from, where it mm-hmm. didn't come from. I mean, and we're just supposed to believe some of these things that the doctors say, but they can't even agree on it. So to have 40 authors writing yeah. over a 1,600-year period of span, different right. languages, and having the same theme and the same— They're different languages? Huh? Or you just mean like Greek and Hebrew? Yes. Oh, yeah. And Ara- Aramaic. Oh, yeah. You know, and so you think about you know that, and then they come together and say that have the same and come oh, up with the same neat. conclusion— that, that's a huge evidence yeah. that maybe the Bible is real. That's a good point. Um, we, I want you to write this down too, Second um, Timothy 3.16, which talks about that the Word is God's Word. God's breathing the Word, all inspired. And it's very, uh, very important. It's powerful, but it's also inspiring, which means it's an infallible. I want you to write this down. John 10, 35, and what that means is it's infallible. It has no arrows in it, and people are like, oh, but man wrote it, man wrote it. And so, you know, you can dictate it, and they're dictating it, and maybe they're taking the the Greek, and then maybe they're having the Hebrew Mm -hmm. word, and they're trying to find an English word for that, and you're like, well, they don't, you know, they don't have have it. It will, whatever they translate a word that's different, when you get different translations Mm -hmm. and stuff, when they take a Hebrew word or a Greek word to turn it into an English word, they will never translate it into a word that doesn't have the same meaning. So when you're thinking about that it is the Word of God and that it uh, has no lies in it, it's not, you know, it's infallible, it means it's perfect, what that means is that it, you know, it has the same meaning. It's, it's, you're not getting away from what that meaning right. means. Well, like an example being the word time. Right. There are multiple words for in Greek. Time can mean kairos or chronos. Mm-hmm. And that it has a deeper meaning, but at the end of the day, they both mean time. It's just a different kind of time because they had... Right. So, I, so that's what you're... And even love, love another one. There's multiple 
kinds of love to express, like in mm-hmm. the Greek and Hebrew, to Absolutely. express the like friendship love or God's love, unconditional love, mm-hmm. right? But um, we only have one word for love, which mm-hmm. is love, which yes. is why, and, and that's why he's like agape love. That's mm-hmm. a God's love. That's a love that's mm-hmm. not, uh, love uh, for. The world is right. a difference. Not so it's not that it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's not translated wrong. It's just there's probably a deeper meaning that we might be missing because it isn't written. It wasn't yeah. originally written in our and language. you know, when you're but, talking, like you and I are talking, and we, if I'm trying to explain something to you and I'm really having the same meaning, you'll say, well, what you're saying is, and then you may say and repeat it to me, if it's meaning right. the, the heart same, is, does it really matter if it's the exact right. same word? So semantics, yeah. That's where a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, it's... Um, has arrows and it's not right. Errors, yeah. And um, so that's where that is, that that the people that translated the words and the different translation, and I really do want to say this, and this is not in my notes because I didn't know, but I I would definitely, if I was going to study the Scripture, which you know I do, you want a word-by-word translation. You do not, now you can read like the message, which Mm -hmm. is like a commentary. You can read commentaries. But the inspired word of God, the word that you're going to hold true to say, mm-hmm. this is really what God is saying, mm-hmm. you want a translation that's word by word, ESV. Um, ESV and NASB are the yeah, ones. New American Standard. New American mm-hmm. Standard is kindly known as the most, uh, the closest to the original mm-hmm. uh, tra- translation. Which ESV and I will say CSB, those are very, very similar. They're very cool. And you know what I do, Carrie? You, I guess you're not, you're not, this is not going to shock you. But I have all, you know, almost every translation. Mm-hmm. And I will take them and lay them beside each other. And then I'll look to see whichever it is. And, and they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESV is very similar to New American Standard. But first I want to do this because a lot of people are like, well, how do they pick what's in the canon, which is right. the Bible that we have today. And there were a lot of um, criterias that they chose. And I would just kind of, this again, these are just some evidence. Now, I want to say this. Do you know of any book or any document that has not been under the attack that the Bible has? No. So even that to prove it's true, you just think about that. If you just, you know, like, I don't want to get into all of that you know, stuff, mm-hmm. but you just sit back and think about how much this Bible has been attacked. Yeah. And well, and that we're reading it thousands of years thousands later. Thousands and yeah. thousands. I mean, you know, you know, Abraham, Old Testament, 4,000 years ago. Uh, you know, you think about right. the United States, 200 and something years old. So we're talking about thousands of years over that time. But I do want to say this, that the word canon uh, meant measuring rod. It, that's what it meant in the old, you know, a long time ago. Later, after the church, the canon became to mean the rule of faith because it summarized the beliefs and the teachings of the early church. So when you add the New Testament into it, because before that it was, you know, a measure, it was the law, it was right. God's well, the Torah, because there wasn't, it wasn't bound like we have it today. That's right. It was the Torah was. The first four or five books. Yeah, the scribes, the, yeah. you know, the scrolls and stuff like that. But but when it became, you know, to be put together as the Bible, as we see it, um, the rule of the norm, what the Bible states to be a doctrine, truth. And these are doctrine, truths. This is like theology. This is like a way to live. And so I want to just kind of go over really quick about the church and what they 
how they decided what books were going to be inspired. And it, these are some of the things. You can go over and listen to this over and over again, or you can write this down, but I'm, I've got to go fast. It was written, either the book or the document or the letter was written by a prophet or a spokesperson from God. You will see God spoke to me or I was, you know, a vision came. A prophet would always speak what, only what God would tell them to speak, mm-hmm. but it would have to be in that book that God had spoke to them. And so they looked for that when the people were deciding, is this really part of the inspired word of God or is this a book of the of early church or, you know, the church fathers, there's a lot of people that wrote about Jesus, but they were like Josephus, you know, but the, but his books are not in the Bible, right? in the Bible that we know of. So Josephus doesn't say, oh, these were the things that God, I, God appeared to me and God told me to write. But he just wrote. What about Esther? Esther is a only book of the Bible that does not really have, but it goes with the other thing. It has redemption. It had the fall. And it had that, but they would look for these things that whether or not it was written by a prophet or a spokesperson from God. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Uh, that person uh, was confirmed as a prophet of God by a miracle or other means. So with Esther, she was a spokesperson for the Jewish people. She, oh. God used her, and then there was this miracle that happened. That she came, you know, you know the story of Esther. Yeah. I'm not getting that, but but just know that when they decided to put these these books as the Bible, they just mm-hmm. weren't thrown in there. Right. And so there's the Maccabees, there's Saint, there Josephus, and all these people, but they did not have this criteria. That's why they're not one of the 66 books of the Bible. Now, some of the church Bibles have the Maccabees at the end of it. But they're not really considered the one of the sixty-six books of the Bible. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So it was, and then one of the other things that the criteria was is it is consistent with the other uh, revelations and um, the other inspired words of God. In other words, it kind of it flowed. It there was no real big tension between the Bible. They're all different, but they would you know like. First and Second Kings would go into, you know, they would have the prophets, mm-hmm. and then they were. Have, you could see this flow where mm-hmm. God is, you know, using like when the Israelites said, "Give me a king, give me a king," and then they start with the king. Right. But first, they had the judges. And judges, they, right? You know, and so those kind of things. So you see that there's this, there is this consistency uh, with the revelations and the truths that were written, you know, in that book. And then it says, does it reveal the life, a life-changing power of God, which Esther is? Yes, Definitely it does. does that. So that was another criteria. So remember, here's all these men that have studied this, this Bible over and over again. The Bible has been under so much attack. And so they had to have a criteria to say, what books of the Bible mm-hmm. will we consider, consider as the inspired word right? The last one is that the early church accepted and loved and believed that out of it was truth. And so the early church, which is, you know, beginning right after Jesus' ascension, they began to have the church. They began to write the letters. They began, after that, the church fathers began 
to get and find, you know, some manuscripts and stuff that I find so fascinating how uh, exact these manuscripts that they found over the years uh, that were exactly what is written in the in the, in scripture. One of the things that I believe that validates the Bible is that Jesus quoted it from every. There was some quote from Jesus out of the Old Testament and New Testament. I think that's, that he cited most of the most of the books as the Word of God. And here are your verses to back up what I just said. First Thessalonians five twenty seven, Colossians four sixteen. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. God quoted, Jesus quoted so many of the New Testament. I believe it was Deuteronomy that he, yeah. he um, quoted the most. Well, but one thing Jesus that believed in it. I do think is interesting with the Bible is, I was just thinking like, it is like a history book. Yes. Which is what is so fascinating to me is like, okay, well, if you believe that this, this is history mm-hmm. and it is claiming that a man, and I think actually Andy Stanley says mm-hmm. this a lot, of like if a man comes to or is born and he says, I'm going to die and be raised from the dead in three days, and that happens, I'll believe anything he says. Like whether it's Jesus or whoever else, but obviously it's mm-hmm. Jesus and the Lord. Know, but Jesus doesn't make sense if you don't know about Genesis 3. Um, and well, so if you don't know a lot about the Old Testament. The whole Testament about the Lamb of God, or the High Priest, like I'm the Great the High priest. priest, the Great Priest. So that's why that's why the people, when they were deciding to put these 66 books and call it the Inspired Word of God, is that it had to make sense. It had to all flow. Remember the fall, redemption, um, and all of these things. They were looking at all that. Every book had to have something about it. It was funny that you said about church history because in the second century. Clement, Polycarp, Irenaeus, Justin, uh, Martyr, all these, they recognized these books as uh, being an inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. So it isn't just, you know, a book that you go out to the Amazon and try. It is still the bestseller. Right. Which I think that all boils down to, like, kind of what what you said at the very, very beginning. It's like you have all of these facts, you have all of this validity, these points that you've pointed out, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it takes faith. Absolutely. You have to, and it goes like, okay, well, any book that you read, what makes you think, you know, there's a trust in the author. And I think that that is basically what it all boils down to is like, there's there's a lot of, I'll use proof for lack of a better word, but there is some proof and validity Mm -hmm. to what it, to what Mm -hmm. it says. And I think too, there is the whole point that the Bible it's the active and breathing living word of God. And I do think that that is. And it's life changing. Right. And I think that is something like when you do get into it for yourself and you read it, I mean, it changes lives. It changes Mm -hmm. your life. It changes hearts. And that's because only God can do that. And so I think that's a part of it too, where there are other books where it's like, man, that book changed my life in terms of, um, you know, it really made an impact or whatever, but nothing has changed my life or my heart like the mm-hmm. Bible has, mm-hmm. which ultimately what I'm saying by that is it's God, mm-hmm. by the his Lord. Word. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it it's is his word. word of God. Right. Because, yeah. you know, but, you know, the Bible, talking about church history and stuff, it, it has the earliest transcripts of any book. Um, it has more abundance and more accurate copies of the manuscripts than any book 
from the ancient world. And yeah. I find that very fascinating. Yeah, There's 5,800 a- manuscripts of the New Testament in Greek. That fascinates me. (laughs) This is the funny thing. It's like, you know, I get so excited. Yeah, I know, and I don't. I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that they're uh, earlier and more accurate? They are 99% accuracy of these books. In fact, 100% of uh, the basic teaching of the book is conveyed in these copies. 5,800 manuscripts, the earliest ever, and they found them. I mean, we know we were in Israel. And we were we were in it's a lot you know, of desert, out desert. There. And mm-hmm. they said, "Oh, over there, they found Isaiah over there." That you know, David. yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not saying I don't think that is fascinating. You just try to get through the day, but I get excited over that. So, yeah. I, so whoever asked this question, thank you, thank Maybe you, thank you. Yeah. yeah. But I just think that um, there's the main thing is that there's no arrows in any of the major teachings. And um, and many of the writers were eyewitnesses, or they knew the people that were eyewitnesses. That was like Luke, you know. He says, "I've you know done an account," and I think that most of everything that they've written has been confirmed by history and archaeology. I, I just find it very very fascinating. Yeah. So that's if you were to somewhere stop in the street and say, "How do you mm-hmm. prove the Bible is real?" You would I say, would say, listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> I would say you go online. Well, and I wouldn't say Google. I'd probably find somebody that might uh, want to tell the truth on something. But uh, I would say that you go in and you look at all the manuscripts. You look at these the things that well, I have talked say, about. Is this is written? This is history. This is church history. Right. This is well, you know and that. I, I mean, I would say too, like read, just start reading it for yourself. Like, because I do mm-hmm. think that there's a there's a part where if your heart is open and willing, if you just start reading the Bible, in some ways, I think that it's like, and this, this is has, called this write is, this down. But I would really do this. I would write it down and say, God, and I listen to the podcast. I will say that there's a book I really like that I got a lot of when I was studying it. Norman Gessler. He's written a book that says, uh, From God to Us, How We Got Our Bible. And I think that, um, Norman Gessler, and I think that that's a good resource good for someone that's to do it, yeah. you know, have it. But I, I think, like, starting at the very beginning of what we said, ask God for wisdom and ask God to say, God, is this true? You go look at those verses and uh, look at the different things of, you know, at every chapter. Uh, not every chapter, but every beginning of the book, it talks when it was written, who it was written, and all that. It goes in a lot of detail. People that are trying to write something that is not real and it's not inspired Word of God, they don't get in that much detail. And I think that that's one of the things that, again, we're not trying to prove. I'm just trying to lay out evidence that I know mm-hmm. to be... Um, it's like based on this evidence, it's it's almost like based on this evidence is good enough for me to have... I put my faith that yeah. the author is. Based on the evidence, I think I would do this. Father, I believe that there, you have left a lot of breadcrumbs along the way to mm-hmm. lead me to you. And James says, if you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you. And just ask him. Show me. I'm not, don't try to prove it, that it's real. Ask God to show him who he is, because he's actually the theme of the Bible. The Bible's his story, and he connects us with him. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. 
To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.